This is an inexact science. My name is Lisa Cantrell. Here we go. I think most people have a hard time believing it or think it's a issue of language, miscommunication, but it is a different experience. So I found out when I was in college, I went to a hypnosis class. I was in a group. Um, we were sitting in a room together, in a relatively small room. So it was maybe about 15 people around the table. The lights were dimmed down or turned off. And he told us to close our eyes. And then he said, imagine you're walking down a forest path. It's autumn. There's red and yellow leaves, and you see the sun streaming through the leaves. You're in the shade, and you come across a small stream. And in the stream, you see the leaves from the trees floating down the stream. And each leaf that you see, imagine that is one of your worries floating away. Pick a happy place. And you're in this place. It could be a place from your childhood. It could be an imagined place that doesn't really exist. Uh, it could be a place that you can construct and you could be there as long as you like. Anyone that you need in this happy place, just bring them into the place. Or if you want to be alone, you can be alone. People were really deeply affected and they were hypnotizing, had to bring them back out. And I was sitting there with my eyes closed thinking, this is not doing anything for me. Uh, so I was curious about what happened. And I met up with my girlfriend that night and I said, hey, do you want me to hypnotize you? I want to try this out on you. So I did the same thing. I followed exactly the same words about walking down a forest path, crossing a, a stream, going to your happy place. So I just repeated using the same tone, same descriptive language to her. And then after she was in for about 10 minutes, I used the language that he used to bring her out. And immediately she burst out with a story saying, I, w I went with my friend so-and-so from middle school. We went to one of my favorite beaches and we played on the beach and we did all this stuff. And this was such a wonderful experience. And I was shocked. So that was, that was the first time I realized that something was different. Well, it wouldn't be true to say that it's, that it's newly discovered. So my name is Adam Zaman. I'm a neurologist. I'm professor of cognitive and behavioral neurology at the University of Exeter Medical School. The, the patient who originally got me interested in, in this subject was a man called, who we called MX. So I encountered uh, MX in Edinburgh um, a little over 10 years ago. Uh, he was a, a surveyor who had recently retired 
uh, and who uh, had a coronary procedure, a coronary angioplasty. And during that procedure, he felt a bit strange. He felt that there was an odd reverberation in his head and one of his arms tingled. Some people claim to have developed it after a traumatic event. His dreams became avisual. So for MX, it was induced. And he also said that whereas previously when he read a novel, he would enter a visual world. He realized that something was lost his imagination. He realized that he had lost an ability which he previously used a good deal, which is the ability to visualize. I was looking online at papers, and I finally found the article about this patient, MX. MX lost his visual imagination. Ha, this is how I experienced life. So people will say, oh, I used to imagine so vividly. I know I did, now I can't imagine anything. And then there's people that are just born genetically like this. I, I, th I think it's hereditary for me. Galton in the 19th century, a British psychologist, recognized that there were people who were unable to visualize. The best estimate is that it's about 2% of the population. So if you or I try to visualize our front door or an apple or where we spent the day at work, we will, the chances are, be able to, to call imagery to the mind's eye. We'll be able to visualize those items. And people with aphantasia know perfectly well what those things are, but they are unable to see them in their mind's eye. Like if you closed your eyes right now and thought of your mother, mm -hmm. like you can't see her face. Nope. But if you see a picture of her, you have no problem recognizing her. I recognize her instantly, yes. When I meet new people and I try to explain this, I don't use the word aphantasia up front. Uh, I ask people most often to imagine an apple and ask them what the apple is like. And people say, oh, it's, it's red or it's yellow or it's, or it's, uh... And when you, so if you imagine an apple, what is it? I mean, that question doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. I can't even uh, visualize a color. I, I don't have any trouble with recognition. And something that I can do at, at work, when people wear a piece of clothing they haven't worn before, I can tell. And I ask them about it and say, oh, you got a new shirt. Um, right, yeah. But it's not a visual. Yes, no, I mean, it's a very it's a very curious deficit, isn't it, in that it, it seems to make a great deal of difference in one way, in that it appears to have a big, big impact on people's experience, but it seems to make very little difference in, in another sense, which is that people can perform uh, very well in neuropsychological terms. So uh, there, are, there are many things to say about this. Um, the first thing to say is that I think aphantasia is, is heterogeneous, so there are a number of subgroups. So some people dream visually, some people don't. Um, and then there are some people in whom it is only visual imagery that appears to be affected, whereas there are others who seem to lack imagery in any modality. Perhaps I need to take a step back and say a little about what happens when you or I uh, visualize, assuming that we have visual imagery. So there's been quite a lot of work over the last 15 years or so looking at what happens in the brain when when we visualize. And it seems that when we visualize, there is some activity in visual areas of the brain. Uh, and it's likely that that, is, that activity is what gives imagery its visual feel, if you like. 
we did a functional imaging study in MX and we showed that when he looked at famous faces, the activity in his brain was entirely normal, but when he tried to visualize them, he failed to activate those visual areas which you or I activate when we, when we imagine a face or a place. Did it, had it occurred to you before that when people usually dream that it's like a movie to them? No. No. Do you remember your dream from last night? No. I very, 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 very infrequently remember a dream. And if I remember the dream, it's just, oh, I was being chased because because I killed someone and the FBI was after me. Like it was that that what I just gave you is the level of memory I would have of the dream. Uh there's no imagery associated with it. If you were think like what's your favorite movie? Okay, Black Dynamite. Okay. And if you think about your favorite scene, could you describe your favorite scene? So there's a scene where they're going to a donut shop, Roscoe's Chili and Donuts. As they walk up, there is a guy dressed up in a donut suit. So it's the main character, Black Dynamite. He, he's with a woman who's also one of the main characters. As they're walking into the Chili and Donuts, he looks down at the guy wearing the donut suit. And the woman, he's getting chili from her donut. Can I get some hot sauce for my donut? And then we hear, hey lady. Excuse me, lady. The camera pans. So, so Black Dynamite shot him because he was about to shoot someone. How did you know? And Black Dynamite says, donuts don't wear alligator shoes. <laughs> so the guy who is the donut suit, I remember that the, the donut suit is like a big circle where his two hands are poking out and then his feet are sticking out. And that's, um, yeah. But don't, you don't see it. No. That's so wild. Even as you're describing that, you know that I'm, like, picturing it, right? Like, I'm picturing... I've never seen this movie, but I can picture what you're saying. How are you describing it if you... I, I don't know. I, I know a lot of things about it, but I don't... I can't imagine what... Um, I think Gloria... Is the name. I can't imagine what she looks like in that scene. I can't imagine Black Dynamite. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have no imagery under any circumstances. So it seems that about half of those with aphantasia experience visual imagery as they are drifting off to sleep uh, and can experience imagery if they take psychedelic drugs. Maybe that suggests that what's lacking in aphantasia isn't um, a rich visual representation in the brain, it's some kind of conscious access to that. So I just broke up with someone, right? And the things that make me saddest are, like, episodes, like remembering the way that they came into the room, you know? Like, actually seeing it, remembering something that was super happy and knowing that, that, that that's never going to happen again. Like, I bring that up and I remember it. And I just think, like, that would be amazing to, like, not have that. <laughs> It seems like a superpower when people say that they can just imagine things, that they can experience things that are not happening right now. They really have very little um, memory for their past, for, for, ind for individual episodes from their past. All my memories are, are non-visual, non... 
Vittori. So when people reminisce around them, they find it very hard to, to join in because they just can't summon up um, recollections of the holiday they took last year or the wedding they went to a couple of months ago. I do have memories, but there's stories that I will tell about things that happened to me. They just, they don't feel very real. They don't feel very vivid. One of the morals, perhaps, is that is, is that it reminds us of how many in how many different ways we represent the world. There are many ways of thinking about things in their absence, and uh, visualizing an image is only one of those. I'm not envious. Just people perceive the world differently. You have been listening to an inexact science. The voice that you heard was George Voloff. He lives in California with his cat, and he works for SpaceX. He's also an avid yogi. He practices yoga almost every day. The researcher you heard was Adam Zeman. He is currently still running studies trying to understand aphantasia. We still don't know a lot about it, but about 1 in 50 people have it. And you can take a quiz and find out if you are one of those 1 in 50. Zeman also says there are hyper-visualizers, so the total opposite of aphantasia. And you can find out if that is you also with the same quiz. And I've posted a link to that quiz on our website and inexactscience.com. This podcast is funded in part by a grant from the Association for Psychological Science.